That worship was just tremendous. Hallelujah. Just take us into the presence of God. And Oh, this is nice. I can't see anybody. Too much light in here. So, um, anyway, I've been so excited about this conference. We, I think I was here a year ago, but I was in the back row. But um, I just appreciate, the longer I live, the more I appreciate the body of Christ. Uh, just the the camaraderie, the, you just feel like you meet a Christian, you feel like I've known this brother five minutes, but I feel like I've known him all my life, you know, a little bit like heaven. Um, you have a gift of prophecy. You need to use that gift. What's your name? Yeah. Chris, Chrissy? I just see it. I mean, I see it so clear, but there's a Real flow in you. You're to let it go. You're, sometimes you're just going to feel so full of words. Just let it flow. Hallelujah. Um, that caught me by surprise, but anyway, we're just here to have fun, hear God. Uh, so, where was I before she interrupted me? Uh, the, uh, hallelujah. Um, I love the body of Christ. Thank you. But it is. It's just neat. You, it just... We're all one, and, you know, I don't know how heaven's going to work, but we're going to have a lot of fellowship, I know that, a lot of worship and so forth, and um, I wanted to mention, because I always forget, but my books are on the table there, um, we kind of ran out last night at a place, um, I was over at the Hub, and they just bought me out, but I'm having some more shipped in. This book is Discerning and Defeating Ahab. Ahab was married to Jezebel, real passive person. I wrote this book went through a lot of personal pain, kind of told my whole story, but it's, there's a lot in here. Then there's that one he, pastor mentioned, you can hear the voice of God. Through the years, I've learned there's about 10 ways God talks to us. Uh, confronting Jezebel back there, they're all out there and so forth. Um, the, uh, I told this last night, but my favorite ministry story is the two guys that are at lunch in there. They've worked all morning, they're going to stop to eat, and the one guy opens his lunch pail, and he starts complaining. He said, man, I hate bologna. I just sit so tired of bologna, so sick of bologna. And his, his buddy says, well, why don't you ask your wife to make you something different? And he says, well, I'm not married. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I always say most of the bologna in our lives is our own doing, you know? Um, also, there's a, I'm trying to keep, when you travel as much as I do, you can't keep up with people. I'm sending out a real brief newsletter every month or two. If you want to sign up for that, that would be great just to say I'm alive and things like that. Um, so I want to read this scripture um, to you from Matthew 7. And I don't preach real long, but it's excellent. Um, but he says this, um, Matthew 7, 13, Jesus saying, enter by the narrow gate. Notice he doesn't say the narrow-minded gate. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. I was just looking up all the different Greek words. The word narrow is the word stenos, S-T-E-N-O-S, like you hear people, they say you have a stenosis of the spine. It's a, it's a narrowing wide and broad, he describes the common way. But he said that broad and wide way leads to 
destruction. Destruction is a strong word, pernicious, perdition, deadly, wicked, waste. But then he says, because narrow, stenos, is the way that, and difficult is the way, like a crowd, like if you ever tried to get through a crowd, it's difficult. Difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Isn't that amazing? The, the, way, the easy way is wide and broad and, and everybody finds it. But the, the, but the right way is narrow and difficult and there's few that find it. Kind of pretty some graphic language. But uh, it's kind of interesting as Christians, we all know this, but to receive you have to give. To live you have to die. To go higher you have to go lower. To be great you've got to be a servant. So it's kind of everything's opposite in the Christian world. And, and it just hit me the other day, and I've just been meditating on this, that, because I hate crowds. I hate crowds. I hate airports because of crowds. I hate Chicago traffic because of crowds. I, 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 I just, but there's this woman in Scripture, and she had to go through a crowd. We don't know how large the crowd was, but I have, I have a feeling it was hundreds, if not thousands of people, and she had lost all her strength. She had spent everything. We all know the story. I wonder how many people she upset getting through that crowd. I wonder how many people that rebuked her going through the crowd, but it says she kept saying, if I can just get through this crowd, if I could just get through this crowd and touch him, I'll be well. I've learned something in the last couple of weeks. I've learned something. There's always a crowd to deal with. You know why Jesus... Why Pilate signed over Jesus? Because he said he wanted to please the crowd. It's in there. So, something in her clicked. I, I, I don't know. I've always thought that she's desperate and she's really praying. She said, God, I, I really want to live. And I believe the Holy Spirit told her, if you can get through the crowd, I'll heal you. So she kept saying, if I can do it. I believe she was acting on a word from God. And it works that way. You know, I think it was Charles Simpson said years ago, the difference between faith and presumption is simple. Presumption doesn't work. <laughs> anyway, it, it, but it's like you, we can't function in presumption. We have to function in faith. But faith has a lot to do with hearing from God. Because you can't just have faith without the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Because it doesn't work. You, somehow you have to hear the Lord in your experience, and there's an unction, there's, a, there's that fellowship of him, there's that, there's that knowing he gives you. But she pressed back past the last big boy, touched his clothes, and then Jesus must have turned around and spoke with tremendous authority. Who touched me? Of course, she thought she'd done something wrong, you know, and so she immediately said, well, it was me, you know, I was, I, I felt like if I could just touch you, I felt like I heard God. I don't know what she said, but, but she told him everything. And he said, well, I know somebody touched me because I felt virtue go out of me. I love Luke 8 because it says, they all denied it. See, we're not very good at pressing through crowds. We're too aimless. We just kind of go through life. But there's something about being in pursuit. You always have to press through a crowd. You ever notice when you pray? You say, I'm going I'm to spend some time praying. You notice how the phone rings immediately? You notice how the thoughts start coming in? Because there's a crowd that exists in your mind. 
All of us. There's a crowd that dwells there, and you've got to get through. It's a crowd of distractions. It's a crowd of good ideas. It's a crowd of a lot of things, but you're always going to have to fight a crowd. You can get along. And I said yesterday, you know, eternal life is guaranteed, but abundant life is a choice. And I, I just want to, I want to experience more. I want to experience more. I was in a church in Lima, Ohio, a number of years ago. And I, I was just preaching, and it was real good, like, like tonight. And, and uh, I was exhorting the people, and, and I knew I had to stop. I, I, I don't go real long, but I knew I had to stop and minister to a few people and on and on. And then I just couldn't close the service. I just couldn't close the service. I tried to close it, and I was so frustrated. I said, God, why won't you let me close the service? I was almost embarrassed, and I knew he wanted to say something. All of a sudden, it's like the Holy Spirit said, ask who's been in the military for 16 years. And, you know, you say these things, and I'm always glad I have a round-trip ticket because, you know, you don't know how much you're going to look like an idiot. And this little woman in the back, she says, my husband and I served in the military in Germany for 16 years. I said, well, you must be it. So I, said, I, I went over to her, and I just started to pray. And the Holy Spirit addressed everything she was going through. But a few months earlier, she and her two daughters had been up all night packing, because her daughter was going to be a foreign exchange student, going to go overseas the next day. And they packed and packed till 2 a.m. Finally, they fell into bed. Somebody forgot that a candle was lit. It caught the curtains, and uh, two of her daughters died in the fire. And she was devastated. But God said, don't close the service, because he wanted that person ministered to. And sometimes we have to look to probe, because God wants to do more. I think God leaves church services a lot of times. I think he's frustrated because he said, I really wanted to do more. I really wanted to manifest myself more. I really wanted to show my glory. But we're not very good at pressing through the crowds. And sometimes you have to probe. Sometimes you have to press. And you have to say, Holy Spirit, is there anything else you want to do? <sighs> Hallelujah. So, this woman... Got totally healed. Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. I don't think it was her faith. I think it was God's faith. But it seems like, it's kind of like when Jesus told the disciples, John 20, bring up some of the fish which you had caught. They didn't caught any fish. They'd been out all night and tried everything. But when you obey God, he gives you the credit. Bring up some of the fish you've caught. Your faith has made you well, but it's really not your faith. It's his faith. So, I've noticed there's always a crowd. She came through the crowd. She pressed through the crowd. In the crowd, if you could see a group of people, maybe a, just a crowd of people, and you want to you wanna get to that door back there, but there's a crowd. If you put a label on different people, one person has a big label on him, unworthiness. Another person has a big label on him, unbelief. Another person's wearing a label, I tried that and it didn't work. Another person's wearing a label, uh, you, you know, who do you think you are? Another person's wearing a label, I'm discouraged. Another label, God doesn't care. And so all of a sudden you have this big crowd of obstacles and you've got to get through them. You've got to press through that guy. Get out of your hopelessness. 
get out of here, discouragement. Get out of here. And, and it seems like we're always having to press through to reach a goal. When I was pastoring in Beaumont, Texas, I've, my, my ministry started out hundred and some years ago, but I was um, traveling. I, I had worked. I got through college. I took a job with J.C. Penney Company. I was a merchant buyer for all these clothes, and it was kind of a kind of a good job. But anyway, all of a sudden, God brought this spirit-filled Franciscan Catholic priest in my life, and the Lord told me to resign what I was doing. In fact, one day I had a little Austin Healy, and I was driving down the interstate, and my paycheck was in my pocket, and it flew out, and I ran across the field. I had to stop the car, ran across the field to get it, and I, I finally reached it, and as I reached it, the Lord said, I'm going to teach you to trust me. You're no longer going to be dependent on a paycheck, and within a few weeks, God put this Catholic priest in my life. I resigned my job with, with J.C. Penney. I'm still working for J.C., but, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but anyway... I traveled three years with a Catholic priest. We ministered in tons of Catholic settings, tons of Pentecostal settings, and we were, uh, we were even with the written permission of the Catholic Church most places we went, and we were called an ecumenical team. I grew up Baptist. God has totally forgiven me for that. But, um, but anyway, the Lord opened a door, and I began to pastor. I started a church invitation of a group of people invited me to come to Beaumont, Texas. Pastored there for eight years and all of a sudden I couldn't stand it. I just was so, I, it was just like, it's, if there's ever a change in your life, God, God lets you be in misery for about six months. I couldn't stand pastoring. I was just so, t I don't know why, but every day it was just a chore to go. And one night I had a dream and it was, it was almost like a visitation. I was standing on top of the Empire State Building. And I could, I could literally feel the thing swaying under my feet. And some guy jumped off. And I saw firemen down there. And they had a net to catch him. And they, he missed. And he died instantly. All of a sudden, an angel came up and said, now it's your turn. And being the person I am, I said, where's the elevator? And they took me to this elevator. And the doors opened in the elevator, and there was in the elevator the hugest, fattest people I've ever seen. They were like 800 pounds people, just humongous, heavy people. There was no room to get on the elevator, and I said, okay, I get the point. And the Lord said, I want you to, he spoke to me these words. He said, I want you to leave the comfortable place you are and take a giant leap of faith. And the next, so I did, the next Sunday, I resigned pastoring, but it was a narrow place. You understand what I'm saying? There's always a narrow place. You feel like you're, in, you're being squeezed. You feel like something, but it always leads to life. Narrow is the way, difficult is the way that leads to life. If I would have stayed in that place, if I would have stayed in that comfort place, it would have been easy, but I would have missed the opportunity you know, God had. I read this little article from, I don't know how many have ever heard of uh, Bob Mumford. Half a dozen of you. But it says, he sent this thing out and he said, there are two kinds of noise. 
not one. There's a white noise, which is essentially more religious-oriented, media voices, blogs, videos, telling us what to do and how to act. Secondly, there's black noise, which is understood as violence, treachery, extreme sexuality, relational betrayal, and so forth. And he says, we have to deal with both noises. We, and and, and he, he made this comment, he said, one of my close friends preparing for an extended auto trip piled in a, a bunch of worship tapes in his car. When he got on the road, the Lord spoke in a rather strong voice, put the spiritual music away, I want to talk to you. We are required to provide the silence, the opportunity, the receptivity, and openness for him to speak to us. After all, it is a romance, he said. When our bridegroom speaks, it is not white noise. My point, lest I misdirect, he said, that white noise might be more difficult to deal with than black noise, because we, we don't discern it as much. But I'm saying, sometimes you have to go through a narrow place and say, God, I want to hear you. I want to get something from you I've never had before. I, I, I want a uh, healing, or I, 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 want a, I want some peace. I want something settled here that I haven't had settled before. In other words, I don't want to be listening to Christian music. I want to hear, hear the voice of God. Nothing against Christian music, but there's sometimes you have to shut it all off so you can press through the crowd. And the biggest crowd is in your mind. Have you ever done that? You're going to pray, and you say, okay, God, I'm going to spend 20 minutes in prayer. And if, if you never have a friend, nobody ever calls you, believe me, you start praying, you'll get a phone call. A little humor there. And the thoughts come. Clean the garage. Wash the car. You need to sort out that closet. And it's an urgency. I, I really do. I need to wash the car. And, of course, the Lord says, why now? It's been that way since 98, you know. And, and, and it, but it's like, the, it's like the enemy is desperate to stop you from listening. He's desperate to stop you from spending quality time with God because he knows if you press through that crowd, you're going to get something you never had before. It's interesting when, they, at the, it, when Jesus prayed for Jarius' daughter, it said he had to put the crowd outside. He couldn't pray with her. The, the crowd was too distracting. The, there, was, there, there was too much there. It, uh, Noise, unbelief, whatever, but he put the crowd outside. Think about that place in Capernaum, Mark chapter 2. It says immediately, so many gathered together, there was no longer room to receive these guys, not even near the door. Jesus is preaching to them. And they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down on the bed on which the paralytic was lying. Can you imagine? There's a crowd. They can't get in. You understand what I'm saying? There's always a crowd. There's always a crowd. And instead of saying, well, it must not have been God's will. Well, maybe we'll come another time. They had to get creative. And they got up on that roof and they tore down the tile. Somebody had to go to Home Depot and replace stuff, I suppose. But, but anyway, can you imagine them lowering this guy. And Jesus said when he saw their faith, he saw their faith. 
because there's something in me that wants to go beyond. I, I just, it's so easy to just settle for something instead of just saying, Lord, you, you want to do something more. I used to say about some preachers, they, they love crowds, but they don't like people. A woman came to me one time because I had a word of knowledge. She said, your word of knowledge described me perfectly. And I said, well, why didn't you come up? Why didn't you raise your hand? Why? And she said, because I was in a meeting once, and I had a problem with my right knee. And she said, an evangelist called up, and he said, what do you want prayer for? She said, well, my knee. He said, is it your left knee? She said, no, it's my right knee. And he insulted her. And, and, and he said, I said the right knee, you know, like that. And she said, I've, I've been scared to respond ever since. I've had people sometimes, they'll, they'll totally not hear me, and they'll totally think I said something else. I said, That's okay, we'll pray for you anyway. What's the worst that can happen? Be, because sometimes we just have to be, I, I guess, just more gracious. Kind of interesting here, Scripture, it says in Acts 14, Paul had been, had the doo-doo beat out of him. They thought he was dead. His friends picked him up, carried him, and they got him alive again. And then they said these words, we must through many tribulations enter the kingdom of God. Wow. There was this guy um, years ago, a young man in the Kansas City area. My sister and her husband were friends with this couple. This couple had a 12-year-old boy. Just a normal 12-year-old boy. Very normal shaped head and everything. Just trying to lighten you up. Anyway, uh, this 12-year-old kid comes into the kitchen one morning and said, Jesus Christ appeared to me in the night. They said, really? And he just, in a spirit-filled family, but you know, he's just a kid. What did he say? He said, Jesus appeared to me and he said, only 20-some percent of ministry is going to make it to heaven. I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying this is the experience he had. And my friends and my sister and her husband, a bunch of people, they got together one night and they prayed and they said, Lord, what do you mean? And the Lord said, I mean exactly that. And they said, well, Lord, why? Why? And the Lord said, number one, I will not tolerate a lack of compassion. Number two, those that see the ministry as just a job. Three, those who are doing it for the money. Four, those who give my people garbage, speculation, imagination, guessing games. God calls it garbage because everybody has a different interpretation. I like what one friend of mine said. He said, we shouldn't worry about the second coming until we understand the first. In other words, and, and I like what Mark Twain said, he says, it's not the part of the Bible I don't understand that bothers me. He said, it's the part I do understand. And so there, there's, a, there's a need sometimes to say, I don't know, I'm, I, there's a need to say, we got to press through more. And I thought, just like that little woman with such desperation, we have to do the same thing. Because there's crowds in our mind, there's crowds in our circumstances, there's crowds everywhere, and sometimes we have to say, God, I want to be one that presses through the crowd. Because I love it in Luke 8, because Peter said, along with the other disciples, Lord, 
we're in a crowd. What do you mean, who touched you? Everybody's touching you. And I know, Jesus said, Peter, go wait in the car, because you don't have a clue what I'm saying. Because we can be in God's presence and get nothing. We can stand there, we can see him, we can feel him, we can sense him, but we walk away with nothing because there's not something in us saying, I'm going to touch him. And you know, the real issue isn't whether God's going to touch you. The issue is whether you're going to touch God. Because in Mark 6.56, it says, it says, as many as touched him were made well. It didn't say as many as he touched, but as many as touched him were made well. So my bottom line is this. I, I believe God wants to do more. I was, uh, when I was pastoring in Beaumont, Texas, I had a guy come through. His name was Bernie Davis, and he would be in meetings, and he would say, God's going to heal people of skin conditions tonight. And I would sit there and watch, and like 20, 25 people would have growths disappear, lumps disappear, psoriasis disappear, and all that. And so I went to him one night, I said, would you pray a prayer of impartation for me that I could have that gift? And he, he said, sure, and he prayed for a long time, probably 20, 30 seconds. And within, within weeks, that began to happen. I've been in meetings where one night in Little Rock, Arkansas, I was closing a meeting, it wasn't a real big crowd, but I'd, I'd already said the closing prayer, which means God couldn't move anymore. And I just felt this come up in me. There's somebody here with a fungus on your feet, and God wants to heal it. There was a young man there, 18 years old. He was a basketball star. He had a fungus that came all not on his toes, but came up all the way up his ankles. It was horrible. And he, he didn't, nobody prayed for him anything. He just heard that, went home, took off his shoes and socks, and he had brand new skin on both feet. The basketball team had all made fun of him about it, and the whole entire basketball team got saved because they saw the miracle with their own eyes. Hallelujah. And th there's something in me that just gets stirred because, you know, I believe a lot of times God just wants to do more because there's something so easy to just go through the motions and, and to, to, to let your heart drift. If Proverbs 14 says the backslider in heart is full of his own ways. But there's something ha God has to birth in us. I'm just not satisfied. I want to see more. I, want, I, I don't care if I have to press through a crowd to get there. I just, I just want to see more. You know, Pastor John and I have been to Italy together, we've been to Romania, we've been, where else have we been? I don't know, but um, we, you always get these chances when you're overseas to go to temples, you know, and you go in these massive, like in Rome, these massive cathedrals, these massive huge pillars and these beautiful stained glass windows, and you're just going, you're just going through there just in awe. But you know what the bottom line is? We're the temple. <laughs> we missed the point. We're the temple. Because the, the issue is, God does not have confidence in me. God does not have confidence in you. But he has confidence in the Holy Spirit who's in you. In other words, this Holy Spirit that's in, he put this treasure in earthen vessels. This Holy Spirit that's in us, he wants out. He wants to manifest himself. When that guy prayed for me about that I've, had, I've seen miracles upon miracles about skin conditions, but I didn't, I didn't have to press through. It was just like a gift God gave. And I love to pray with people with skin problems because it seemed like they always get healed, but, but that didn't have a thing to do with me. 
<laughs> I was in a meeting about a year ago in Kentucky, and this guy came up and he says, I just wanted to tell you, he said several years ago you were in a meeting, and he said, you, you spoke this word of knowledge that somebody uh, had been in a car accident. He said my wife had been in a terrible car accident, and he, he said, all of us in the row, we could hear her bones cracking and moving. Everybody could hear it, crack, 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 crack. And I was just standing there, really? I said, I'd never heard about it. He said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I was there. And then he gave me $10. And uh, it just seemed like funny. Here you got a million-dollar miracle, and there's $10. Well, thank you, but uh, I think he had a disease called cirrhosis of the giver. And, uh, and then... We have this friend, John and I, and I think Daryl knows Kevin, but he pastors in Bedford, Indiana, but one day he's in church, and this guy comes in, a young man and his wife, and he says, Pastor, he says, the engine blew in our car, and they have two little young children, and he said, the engine blew in our car, and we're desperate. I can't get to work or anything. And so Pastor said, Kevin just got up in front of the people, and he says, listen, we got a problem here today. We got a couple here that their engine blew in their car, we need help. And there was a visitor there that day, and he says... I have $3,500 in my pocket because the Lord sent me here today and told me I'm supposed to help somebody buy a car. And everybody rejoiced. They went out the next day and they, they searched around and somehow they found an older SUV, but it was in immaculate condition. And a couple days later, Pastor Kevin went to the guy and says, how do you like the, the car? And the guy says, well, the dome light doesn't work. And Kevin, he's, about, he's big, he's going to kill the guy, I think. But it's amazing, and I always say in every church, you, you need two lines in every church. You need a prayer line, and you need a slap line. Uh, some, some people need to be prayed for, and others need to be slapped. Because sometimes there's such an ingratitude and, and a negativity, you just don't want to deal with it. You say, this is, this is absurd, this is ridiculous. But I want to tell you, I just challenge you tonight to start... Pressing through the crowd. Don't just pray. Press through the crowd. God, show me something. Tell me something. Give me an insight. Show me something I'm to do. Open, a, open doors. For, you know, just do something that I've, I've, I've never seen you do. Last year, I was real busy. I was working on a new book, and I was busy with ministry stuff and busy with setting up a schedule. And I get this call. You know Alex. I can't, think, I can't ever say his last name, but he lives out in Waco, Texas. And he said, Steve, he said, uh, my wife and I were praying this morning and God's given us a word for you. Do you want to hear it? And I said, maybe. And, and he says, uh, he said, well, Steve, the word is real simple. He said, the Lord told us to tell you he misses you. It shook my world. Because I was doing all this stuff for God. I was doing all this work for ministry. And the Holy Spirit says, I miss you. And so I think there has, again, I think it's sticking in your mind, but this principle, we have to press through the crowd. I love those guys letting him down through the roof. You know, ever since the fall... And I love the whole thing in Genesis 3 because the, the enemy's always trying to question what God said, has God really said, and all that. But when Adam and Eve ate the fruit, 
it says that God came through the garden, walking through the garden in the cool of the day, and he said, Adam, where are you? As if he didn't know. But we get the picture, he wasn't looking for geographical information, and so Adam says, well, I knew I was naked, and so I hid myself. They say the first thing sin does is make you stupid. You can hide from God behind a tree. You know, but he said, I knew I was naked, so I hid myself. And I love God's question, because God said, who told you you were naked? In other words, where did you get that information? Because that information did not come from me. How many times have I been depressed? And God says, who told you you were depressed? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you were defeated? Who told you you were a failure? Because God said that type of information doesn't come from me. Everything God's saying is good news. Everything. I love Philippians 1.6 because the, the, now unto him, well, what does it say? Um, that, that God has committed, he that has begun a good work in you, is committed to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Another, we're committed to God, but the beauty of it, he's committed to us. When you get a word of prophecy, God's saying, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to your vision. I'm committed to your purpose. I'm committed to you. And how many times does the devil say, you're a failure, and we believe it? We buy into it. And God's saying, where'd you get that information? I haven't this enough. I haven't that enough. And, and so, you, you know, I'm writing this book called God Wants to Be Your Best Friend, and the main premise is the sinner, the worldly person, thinks God hates them, God doesn't care, God doesn't love them, God would never accept them, I've been too bad, I've done too many bad things. And, and most worldly people have a problem with God. You ever invite somebody to church? Oh, the roof will fall in. I say, we have hard hats. You know, but, it, but anyway, the world thinks that way. But Christians, they believe God loves them, but every Christian believes God's disappointed in me. I want to tell you two things that are, that are a fake narrow gate. The thing is, if it be thy will. Wouldn't that be something? You go to the hospital, and you pray for a guy, what's your first name? Scott, Scott. You pray for Scott, and Scott's sick, and, and you go up to him and you say, Lord, we pray today for Scott. We ask you to heal Scott. If it's your will. But if not, take him out this afternoon. You know, and, and so there, there's this stupid theology we have. The other stupid lie is I'm unworthy. And I think every human being on earth feels it. I feel we, we struggle with unworthiness. But somehow we've got to press through that narrow gate and we have to say, it's, it, it doesn't matter what I feel. I believe God has made me worthy. I just didn't have anything to do with it. I am righteous. I just didn't get here on my own. But it's a fact because if without faith it's impossible to please God, how are you going to pray to God who you think's disappointed in you, who you think's mad at you? So somewhere we've got to dwell in the presence of God enough and we have to let him love us till we know that we know that we know that we know that we know we're loved by God. And then you can pray with faith because sometimes we're praying out of our own performance. I know I haven't performed enough. I know I haven't performed well enough. So anyway, got to press through the crowd. There's two, two things I see for you guys. Mike and Mary. Did you realize they both start with M? Yeah, M and M. Good, I like it. There's two things. I see a storm stopping. It's like a ceasing. 
But I also see God sending you help. All kinds of people with tools and equipment and stuff just, just helping you. Well, let's just pray about that. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Mike and Mary. We thank you, Lord, that you're helping them. You're sending help. You're sending people equipped to help them. And Lord, we thank you that the storm is over. The storm has ended. And Lord, that I, you know what I see for both of you? I see just amazing strides. I feel like there's been some health challenges here, but God, I hear God saying they're going to fall off like leaves fall off a tree. They're going to fall away. They're going to fall away. And you just embrace what God says because God wants you healed. God wants you well. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know anything, but I know what I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say. But the, the truth is, I believe a lot of times God wants us healed and we don't press through the crowd enough. We just say, well, whatever. Whatever will be, will be. And I like the way Pastor Fred said it tonight. God, we declare healing. We declare healing here. And that's the way we're supposed to pray. It's not a, you don't pray with a question mark. You pray that you know that you know. A friend of mine, I don't know if John remembers, but years ago in the Kansas City Church, William Hartley, a, guy from, a little guy from England, he looked like a toy soldier when he preached like that. And... He was telling me one night, he said, yeah, I, was, I met Smith Wigglesworth. In fact, he said, I was in a Smith Wigglesworth meeting. And he said, we, that back then, Smith Wigglesworth would give you cards. And you'd pick out the card, and your turn would be like two hours away. He said, I waited two hours. And he said, I'd been crippled. I was crippled. I was shot in the war. And he said, I limped up there in front of Wigglesworth. And Wigglesworth said, what do you want? And he says, I was injured in the war. I'm, I, my leg is crippled. And Wigglesworth said, you ought to be glad you can walk. And just pushed him, just pushed him out of the way. And he told me, he said, I was walking away thinking how much I hate all preachers. But he said, as I'm walking away, I'm totally healed. <laughs> and, and so it's like there's a connection there. I want to challenge you to start pressing through the crowd more. Because there's crowds everywhere. There's obstacles everywhere. Enter in by the narrow gate. Because it's easy to just slide along, go through the motions. And you know, you'll get eternal life, but you may not have abundant life. Because abundant life is a result of pressing through. God, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to hear you in a new way. I'm going to do, do, do more in your name. I don't, I don't want to settle. You understand what I'm saying? You ever seen sometimes, a, uh, you, know, you know, I just see people in churches there, a girl come up and say, God, pray that God give me a husband. I say, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pray that he's bat and bald, but, I'm, no, but really I'm going to pray that he's a husband that God's already worked on. I'd rather God work on him first, wouldn't you? Don't get somebody that God hasn't worked on because you're, then you're going to have to be there when they have their hissy fits, you know. But so many times people settle for less. They settle. They settle. When I was pastoring, we looked at churches everywhere and every time we'd find, well, that's a pretty good deal. It's old, but it's kind of smelly, but we can fix it up. And every time the Holy Spirit said, nope. Nope. And one thing I learned about God, he thinks he's right. And so sometimes things seem so reasonable 
But we looked and looked and nothing, our spirit was checked. This didn't feel right. And then one day a Jewish synagogue opened up, 11,000 square feet building right along Interstate 10 going through from Beaumont to Houston. And, and God just gave us favor. It was amazing. Similar to Danny, his Circuit City. That's a crazy story. Wow. More than you deserve. And just kidding. But uh, the, the deal is, and I'll just end with this. I've gone way too long here. But anyway, Matthew 8, this guy comes to Jesus and he says, Sir, I've made a decision. I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And everything in me, you can see it in Matthew 8, verse 20, I think it is. Everything in me thinks, okay, Jesus is going to say, attaboy, welcome on board, boy. What does Jesus say to him? Foxes have holes. The birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. What's Jesus saying? If you really want to follow me, I'm going to remove your head. Because I'm looking for a place to put my head and yours is going to have to be removed. In other words, your opinion isn't going to count anymore. You can be, you know, we can be so opinionated, we get in God's way. But he said, I'm looking for a place to lay my head. And to every Christian, he's saying that. I'm looking for a place to put my head. I want to put my head there. Are you willing to let me put my head? Or do you just want to go through the motions? You'll still be saved. But I want to say, God, give me your mind. Give me your thoughts. I'm always so relieved when I get past my introduction. Uh, just kidding. But uh, anyway, I've gone way too way too long here, but uh, who's the person that has such um, issue with a thyroid? I just feel we're to pray for you. It's just like your thyroid just gets way out of whack, and it just, you're, you're kind of miserable with it. Just, just tell me who you are back here. We're just, we, and where else? You, Mike. You're too spiritual to have that kind of problem. But uh, we just pray, Lord, for Mike. We thank you, Lord. Because there's just a word. I feel it just brewing here. This is not something we're just doing. There's a brewing here. So, Lord, we thank you for a brand new thyroid for Mike. We thank you, Lord, to make it so real and so complete and so total in Jesus' name. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I, during the worship, I heard this, that one year from now, what is it, August 27th, one year from now, you're going to be so much further down the road in everything about your ministry. It's going to be mind-boggling. I see it. Thank you, Jesus. Where's the other thyroid issue? You got a thyroid issue. We just pray with you real quick and... Lord, we thank you. Where do you guys live? Nearby, okay. Oh, near O'Hare. Yeah. Your first? Betty. Betty. Lord, we just pray for Betty right now. We pray for total healing of this thyroid, total normalcy. Lord, let it be regulated. Let it be an amazing testimony. In Jesus' name. I see you, Betty, speaking into a lot of lives, a lot of women, a lot of... Uh, I, I just see you... Life flows through you. 
And Lord, we just stand with Betty that she presses through this crowd and gets healed totally, that, that nothing can affect her, nothing can hinder, because you've got a good track record. That's what I see, a real good track record of, of getting people on board. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's Jim. We thank, Lord, I thank you for Jim. I thank you, Lord. You know, I just feel this, this last couple of years, it's been kind of a rough season for you guys, but it's, it's also where God has taught you a lot. And I just see you like snuggling up and just like a new dependence on the Lord. And I feel the Holy Spirit saying he's going to make every day count, every day count. There's going to be a, a, just like a, it's like a whopping testimony every day. You say, boy, today was amazing. I just feel God saying that. So you just watch what happens. Hallelujah. So we just praise God. We give God the glory for that. And uh, also there's a person that uh, we ought to pray for that has, I keep getting this about your sinuses, like your sinuses are so bad that you felt like you might, you've been kind of considering, should I have surgery to get these fixed, your sinuses? I think most people have them. Uh, But there's something, it's kind of real serious about your sinuses. I feel like the Holy Spirit's saying he's going to fix it tonight. He's going to fix them for you. So would you put your hook in the air if that's you? You think, yeah, I think that's me. That's your sinuses. Where you at? We'll just pray with you. We'll just receive. We just receive, Lord. We receive healing. We receive the amazing gift of God. We just accept. We receive. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. God, we expect to hear a wonderful report. Thank you for the mending you're doing in her body. I just thank you, Lord, for that. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Which one of you two have been through such a trial? It seems like, which one of you two? Hello? You both have. So we'll just pray about it. But Lord, your, your name is? Cindy. Cindy and? Phyllis. Phyllis. We just pray for these two, Lord. We just pray for the, the blessing. Of, we break the yoke of bondage. We break the discouragement. We break the hindrance, O oh God. And Lord, we just declare, sweet, sweet, sweet Holy Spirit. Lord, do your thing for both of them. Man, my hands are as hot as fire. I don't know what God's doing, but we just receive, we embrace, we embrace, we embrace, we embrace. Your amazing power, your amazing gift. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There was a time, again, you're... Cindy. I saw you at a time where you thought, I can't get any lower, but then God's turned the thing. And things are keeping turning. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Every bit whole. Yeah, it is. That's what's coming. Every bit whole. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So thank you, Jesus. You know, I'm not a prophet. I don't even, I'm not even close. But I do believe I and you too can hear from the Lord. And you don't have to, you know, be dramatic. I, do, I have found if you can learn to kind of Suck the air through your teeth. That, that kind of impresses people. But the, the deal is, why do we have a problem with normal? You know what I'm saying? What's the matter with just being normal? But because I just believe the Lord leads us in compassion. You know, it's, 
it says many times Jesus was moved with compassion. So when you feel that compassion, you know God's going to do something. I see you guys, you're, you're on such a same page. Where do you guys live? In Texas? What part? New Fort Hood. What's Fort Hood near? Oh, yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> Largest. So, so we got Scott and Marsha. Come here, Pastor John. Just pray with me a second. Lord, we thank you for Scott and Marsha. We just thank you for their lives. We thank you. Because all, all night I, I see you. It's like I know you're in love, but you also like each other. There's a, there, there's a flow between the two of you. There's a sweet Holy Spirit flow. And I feel God like birthing new things. And it's like these creative ideas and these, it's like sentences and things from the Lord. You think, I've never had that happen before. I, I'm hearing things. And you'll be able to look at each other and say, I'm getting the same thing. I'm hearing the same thing. And I feel there's some, there's some people that are going to be so impacted by what God does in you. I mean, I see, I can see, it's funny, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a person healed of Down syndrome. I'm seeing unusual, unusual miracles happening. And you're going to, I keep hearing this about new platitudes, but you're going to hear the Lord in a brand new way. I just see that you're going to hear the Lord and be conscious of him in a, in a new way. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit-inspired Spirit strategies are going to come to you. I mean, Holy Spirit inspired, not just things that you read, not just things that you know, but Holy Spirit inspired strategy is going to fall into your spirit. It's just going to, you're just going to say, wow, where did that come from? It didn't come from your brain, says the Lord. It came right from his heart to yours for the very needs that he's ready to move in. I love it. I love it. What's, uh, is your mother still living? Is she in good health or whatever? She is now, so she's been through some. All your life she was sick, but now she's in good health. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? She was supposed to be dead your whole life, and she's living now. She's probably how old? 83. Wow. But you know, the feeling I feel is the Lord saying, that's not, none of that's going to be a part of you. None of, none of her stuff. That's what I feel. That's why I ask you about that. So praise God. You're going to live long and strong. Hallelujah. It's just cool. Holy Spirit is so... No, you've just got about two weeks left. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. It, when, you know, the prophetic word goes for both of you. Hallelujah. Who's the oldest child? Tyler. What's going on with him? He's a worship pastor. Things are going good with him then? Yeah. Good. Okay. Your, your, your two sons. Be with each other, you mean? Okay, let's just pray about that. Lord, we just pray that these two sons that are in this conflict, this relational thing, we just pray, we bind it. We bind the enemy, we bind the lie, we bind the, the harassment of the enemy, we command light to come on this situation. Light, light, light. Jesus' name. Jesus' name.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, I just, God's doing something. You can feel it. Just feel it. Hallelujah. You know why the devil hates the prophetic? He hates the gifts of the Spirit because once the, once the Lord speaks, the devil's in trouble. That word gets released. I think a politic, politically correct spirit has hit the church. We don't want to offend anybody. I think the Holy Spirit likes to offend. I think, you know, when Jesus said, tear this temple down and I'll raise it up in three days, I don't think he was wise to stand next to the building because I think most people were thinking, you get my drift? He tries to offend people. Let's pray for this couple right here. You guys, where are you from? Right here. You're right here. Let me just pray with you a second again. Sweet Holy Spirit, Paul and... I can't say that. Charmaine. 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 So, yeah. I could read it. I just couldn't pronounce it. Charmaine. Champagne. Charmaine. So, Lord, we pray. We pray for Paul and Charmaine. We just thank you for their commitment to you, their devotion to you, their desire for you, oh God. And, Lord, we just thank you now for an impartation of the anointing fresh on them that their lives will touch many lives, oh God. We just thank you for new strength. You know, the thing I keep seeing, Paul and Charmaine, is that God's putting some desires in you, and God's going to fulfill them all. Uh, I just feel this new taste in your mouth, this new, this new sense from the Holy Spirit. He's, he's thinking bigger than you are. He's going to do greater things than you're thinking. So you're, you're in a, I'll just say, just seek the Lord along those lines. Praise God. A fresh confidence coming to you like you've never had and uh, <clears throat> you're going to be kind of a boldness for even what God's going to do and this confidence is going to be so strong in you that you're going to look beyond the faces of men you're going to you're going to know that you know that you know that's what I hear you're going to know that you know that you know there's going to be a confidence and a boldness for the next steps God's going to bring you to Remember this, God's thinking bigger than you are about you. All right. Let's pray for Danny here a second. I don't. Lord, we thank you. For, how far did you drive? An hour to get here? What part of Chicago? About an hour? South suburbs. South suburbs. I, when I come to Chicago, I don't like traffic. I don't like people. Um, no, but, no, but I always tell people, it's like coming to a country, you know. It's, it's not just a big city. It's ridiculous. But Lord, we bless Danny. What's the name of your church again? Solutions Church. Solutions Church. So Lord, tonight we just bless Danny. Come over here, Mike, and just put your hand on him with us. Lord, we just thank you for Solutions Church. We thank you for the vision you've given Danny. Lord, we thank you that he's walked in with you. You know, Danny, I see you. There's times where you're walking with God, but you're in pain. You're, you're, you're in like pain and just some things aren't work, haven't worked like you wanted them to work. But Lord, we just thank you. I just see you really leaning on God. And Lord, we know that pleases you. But Lord, we just thank you for a breakthrough beyond breakthroughs, beyond anything that Danny has ever seen, oh God. And... Um, I see more and more people getting your heartbeat. 
I see people like on the same page and, 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 and just like a Holy Spirit, a spirit of cooperation, an unusual spirit of unity. And, it, and God's gone to a lot of trouble to build a nucleus, but that nucleus is going to grow. And I see people like joining together and it's just like this is a church that's one heart, one mind, one heart, one mind, one heart, one mind. That's what I see. Hallelujah. Well, I had uh, told God in my car when I was coming here that if you were here and God gave me the opportunity, he gave me work for you. So, wow. So it's pretty good that it happened this way anyway. But uh, you've been a floodlight, and your attention has been like a floodlight, and he wants you to narrow your being. But you have to take it on and do it. He's not going to do it for you. So he wants you to come to this place, but that he, not even to the place of like a laser where it's just singular, but just narrow your beam down. And he wants you to just begin to have, ask him, say, God, what do I focus on? And what I had saw, I don't want you to be offended, but have you ever seen that cartoon where like the dog is, it's like from up, and he's focused and talking, and all of a sudden he's like, squirrel? <laughs> and he wants you to stop paying attention so much to everything and narrow your being. That's it. To, to narrow things down, because... A lot of what's going on is just you're trying to take in too much, and he wants you to get things narrowed down. Yeah. Focus. Yeah, go ahead. I just heard a scripture. Just for, like, I, you're, my, you're my friend, so I know you well. But I heard the scripture, don't become weary yeah. in well-doing. And I heard a strong, you shall reap if you faint not. Yep. And I heard it real heavy on you shall. You shall reap. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That just bears such witness. It's just so cool. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Who's been in the ministry? You've been in full-time ministry, I think, 12 years or 14 years, one of those two. Does that, does that refer to anyone? About 12 years, 14 years? Just yes or no? Yeah. 12 years? 14 years. Yeah. Come here a second. No. Pray over you. Your first name? Justin. Justin. I saw on the way over here, I saw a sale on shaving cream and things that you might. But, uh, <laughs> Lord, we thank you for Justin. You know, I see such a big heart, and, and Lord, I just thank you. I hear these words, the sky's the limit. I see you finding nuggets like like just everywhere you go, you're discovering, and it's the Lord's going to make it easy for you to, to, to just, this is what I want you to put your hand to. Your name's not on everything, but your name is on certain things, and God's going to so help, her, help you, like the Holy Spirit is a helper, and see you just in alignment. I, I just, I, I feel real good about you. I see everything lining up, just in alignment where there's no confusion, no sporadic, no rabbit trail. You're just in line with what God's going to do, and he's going to help you. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you for the multitudes of people that are going to be influenced by this ministry, oh God. And we bless Justin. We thank you for him. We thank you for that anointing. We just had to add to him tonight in Jesus' name. Just add to him tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And let's... Uh, Let's pray for 
Who else has been a lot of sickness? I think I heard uh, Pastor Fred mentioned two people that are struggling. We, you prayed for them tonight? Are they here? No, they're not here. Oh, okay. So, not sure what to do here. We're just going to wait on God a minute. Let's just lift our hands to God a second. We just praise you, God. We thank you. We thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, we just exalt your name. We exalt you, God. We exalt you. We exalt you. When I was in prayer this afternoon, I just, I heard there's somebody here that you have a broken heart. And all we're going to do is we're just going to say, Lord, touch that, touch your broken heart. You'll know it's you. You'll know it's from God. And the other person I feel like we're to pray for, and the person with a broken heart, I don't know what happened. I don't know what you went through, but it, it just hurts. Your heart just hurts. There's another person here, and I think there's just one of you, but it's like your head hurts so bad. It's like you feel like there's a something bouncing around inside your head, just the, the severe pain in your head. Who, who am I speaking to there? We just pray with you about it. But that, that's what I see. Does that ring, ring a bell with anybody? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's uh, yeah. Yeah, run up here, take it. And... Hannah, bring, yeah, bring what's-his-name with you there a second. And we'll, uh, how long have you had these headaches like that? It just... Uh, last few years. Yeah. It just... I just feel this compassion. So, Josh. John, help me again, would you mind? Something. Ooh, it's warm in here. Let me just... When, thank you. When, when God starts healing, I just get hot. I just feel the heat. Lord, we thank you. We just, Lord, we just thank you for Josh. We're asking you, all of us in this room, we're praying that you'll heal his headache, that he doesn't have any more issues. And God, whatever stirred it up, whatever's caused this, we know right now you're healing the root, and we just declare it him healed. We declare him free from that in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'll tell you what I'm seeing, Josh. I'm seeing the Lord exalting you quickly. I just see things moving up like an elevator, just moving up. And I know the Lord, too, the Lord is saying to just stay small in your own eyes. But God's going to exalt what he's doing in you. He's going to exalt his purpose in you. It's not about you. It's about his purpose in you. That's heard the Lord say he's going to settle some things. So things are going to settle. I don't know what this means, but God's going to be doing some shifting and settling. And you're going to, it's going to be the, like the groundwork is going to be set. Amen. What he's going to do. Some things, things are going to begin to just settle and work out. Amen. And you had no, you didn't even see it coming. I said, the Lord said, you didn't even see it coming. He's doing it. Yeah. Awesome. It's a way that he, yeah. like there seemed to be no way. Mm-hmm. He's doing it. Yep. He's doing it. Are you from this area? Are you? No. Well, I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Um, I'm currently a missionary out in Guadalajara. Guadalajara. I studied here. You studied here. So how long have you been in Guadalajara? Uh, off and on, half of my life, maybe. Wow. Thank you, Lord. You speak Spanish? A little. 
a little. Let's just pray again for you. Lord, we just ask you to just bring, just bring more anointing, more fruit, more results, more favor, all that he needs in Guadalajara. Lord, we just thank you for the people there. And I, I just feel God is doing something that is going to make you, there, there's just so much more favor that you're going to see. And I, I, I don't see this on, but I see angels there with you, helping you. So God, we just thank you for the, the increase of your purpose. And I, I go back, I saw that elevator going up real fast. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for Hannah right now, and we thank you for Luke, but we bless, we bless Hannah with this perfect, perfect, perfect healing. We just declare that it's done once and for all. Lord, we thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is healing the root of those, the very root of that, whatever caused those headaches. We're all in this room agreeing that they're healed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Luke, you're, both of you, but you're going to be an unusual pastor. <laughs> and you're going to be used to refresh people. Everything I see, you being so unconventional, unconventional, and the Lord is going to laugh with you and he's going to make things fun and he's going to give you things to do, things to say, ways of doing things that you've not read about anywhere, you've not heard about anywhere, but you're going to say this is from the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what, I see your whole life ministry. I see you having fun. I see it just, just, just fun because God's just involved. Just fun. Hallelujah. You know, I laid hands on you. I, all of a sudden, I, the word connect just, like, I saw it there earlier, but it just, like, came alive. And I really believe there's an anointing to connect on your life. You're going to connect with people. And it's going to be outside of just the preaching. You're going to, yep. you're literally, the anointing on your spirit is going to connect. People are going to feel, they're going to literally, they're, they're going to disarm them just like that. And they're going to hear because that anointing, that's all connected. And for you, sweetie, I just heard. Hannah. Interesting. I just heard you have nothing to fear. Yeah. Wow, right, laid hands on you. I just felt like you've been, your mind's been going crowded, like the word. <laughs> like, what? What am I going to just, you know, how am I going to, you know, all these thoughts. And I heard the Lord say, he is delivering you from the spirit of fear. He's got your back, sweetie. And you're going to walk through this, and you are going to shine, shine, shine. And you are going to literally have that same anointing to connect. Yep. And you don't have to worry about it because the Lord said, I've got you. I've got you. You need to have the word unconventional tattooed on your forehead because that's what you are. This is kind of weird, but before we get out of here, I want to pray. I, I think there's maybe one, maybe two people. You have a deathly fear of flying. I mean, not without an airplane, but with an airplane. You, you can't stand to get on airplanes. You just, it's a spirit of torment. Who, who is that person? You're in the room. You, you, you're afraid of flying. That's you? Okay, let's pray for you. 
Yeah, come here. We'll do it. Yep. There's a flight tomorrow morning about 7. <laughs> so, your name? Alanda. Alanda. Where you live? Crystal Lake. Crystal Lake. John, come up here again. And my sister with you. Come up here a second. That's just... I don't mean to be ignorant, but where's Crystal Lake? Is it in this Far state? North, west. Northwest. <laughs> yeah. Does it ever snow up there? Yes. Yeah, okay. You guys good friends or? Yes. Like sisters. We like sisters. Yes. We just pray, Al Alana, is that how I say it? Alanda. Alanda. Yes. Lord, we pray for Alanda. We just declare her free of the fear of flying. We declare that spirit of fear, that spirit of torment gone. And Lord, we just thank you that she's going to love that type of travel. We bless her in Jesus' name. We bless her in Jesus' name. And Alana, I feel like you're to ask God. The Lord just saying, ask with a bigger appetite on everything. He will not withhold from you. He will not, hold, he, he will not if, if a good father gives good gifts, how much more will the Holy Spirit give you? And there's a new sensitivity in your spirit. There's a new sensitivity in you, uh, in the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, all those areas. And you've already blessed a lot of people in your life. You've blessed a lot of people. But there's a new sharpening and there's a new awakening. Your, your sensitivity, God, just off the charts. That's it. Praise God. I just heard the Lord say there's a new song. There's a new song going to be coming out of you. There's a new song birthing inside of you. Like David said, even in the night season, and I just, yeah. just, I just see like an anointing of joy coming over you, like you never had. And there's a new song, and and it's going to shine out of you, and it, it's going to be a song of deliverance. It's going to be a song of healing. It's yeah. going to be a song of breakthrough. It's going to be a song, and I don't know why I keep hearing this, but there is a fresh song of the just the singing of the spirit coming out of your spirit, and people are going to know how they've come in contact with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we bless chastity tonight. We thank you, Lord. Rivers shall flow in the desert. Man, do I feel that. The river of God's being released in you. You went through a real, real dry season, but that's over. And the river of God's released. And I want to tell you, the Lord's going to solve a whole lot of situations in just the next few months. It's just going to be amazing. It's going to be mind-boggling. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, let's, let's all stand together and we'll get out of here. We're going to... Is there food tonight? Did Lots you? of food. Lots of food. Lots of food. Wow. Hallelujah. I feel like you're all going up fast. First name again. Chrissy. Chris. Lord, I just pray for this impartation on my sister that there will be just a flow of prophetic. Lord, that she will flow, that she will be accurate, that she will hit the mark, that... that there's just, here's what I feel. There's just so many people that need the gift that's in you. So let her rip. Don't hold back. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Don't you appreciate the Lord? And yeah. Amen. Can we just pray for Justin again? I don't know you. I met you last year, but, but, you know, this word about, heart being broken. Someone just said they really believe. Come on, let's, let's pray. You know, when, when Steve was ministering to you, <clears throat> a 
few minutes ago, I, I heard the word about you. You're an innovator. And uh, God's given you this incredible, incredible mind, incredible insight, incredible forethought. And sometimes it can be the very thing that is so difficult because you see so much, but yet sometimes the process of going through that is so difficult. But I hear the Lord saying to you that he would not give you the vision without the provision. He would not give you the calling without the anointing. He would not give you the, even the thoughts without the fulfillment. And tonight he wants you to know that you, it's not you, but he is going to give you the strength. Even as I'm laying hands on you, I just see like a steel rod going down your back. And you're not going to bend, but you're going to stand firm. And you're going to see literally the things that you've seen that you've shared with no one. God is going to cause them to manifest right before your eyes. Mm -hmm. He's going to show you his favor like never before. So be of good cheer, son. For I am in it all. Trust me. Amen. Trust me. Amen. 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 You know, awesome. my, I just if it's feel to say this. My mother just passed away a few months ago. And for the last probably six months, we had this small Bible study in her home where I'd bring people to their home because they couldn't get out a lot. So I'd bring them there. And she would share every week, and I feel to share this with you. You know, she had a little bit of this dementia, so she would repeat herself. But she would always repeat the same thing every week. And she said, I went through this darkest time, and I would sit in my house, and there was no one around, and no one felt the pain I felt. And I would just say out loud in the darkness, Lord, I trust you. Yeah. Lord, and she got everybody saying, Lord, I trust you. And she says, I look back at my life, and she says, Everything that I worried about, God has already taken care of. Yep. All I have to do is trust that he is truly leading. And she goes, and she'd everybody say it. And, and it's funny because then she passes away. And I'm thinking, that was the last thing she, the God wanted us to hear. Trust me. Yeah. And we need to say it. Lord, I trust you. And I don't lean on my own understanding. Yeah. Amen. 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 Praise God. We say thank you to the Lord tonight. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. May it always find good ground in our heart. Thank you, Jesus. I shared this with our congregation, and I'll share it with you. I heard Lou Engel say, um, a lot of times when we get a prophetic word, we clap. And even tonight, when some people got words, we clapped. You know, we did, oh, good prophetic word. And and Lou says, don't just clap when you get a prophetic word. Pray that prophetic word. Pray that word. Because God's birthing something through his word. And uh, I, am, I am so grateful for a fellowship that believes in hearing God's voice and wants to hear God's voice. And we're going to continue that tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. And uh, you may be seated for just a moment. I'm so 